Hi everyone and welcome to the Two Cents Footy Podcast with me Jeff and JP and we're on episode number 17 and thank you very much and yeah we're on (laughs) episode 17 that's that's broken the ice uh part six of our euro deep dive so yeah you'll you'll notice we've had uh, a bit of a break jp has uh, removed the carbon monoxide from the london lungs and replaced it with um, a gulp of mountain air from france so he's back with a vengeance uh, i'm full of mcdonald's from my uh, trip to watch rugby yesterday it's full of e numbers so that means we're back on form so um yeah as you'll realize we've been covering um the euro 2024 preview and we have covered five teams so far group a and we've covered Spain. Today's turn is Italy. Uh, absolutely spectacular country, shaped like a boot. Central Europe. Uh, he's got an incredible pedigree and also quite the uh, struggle for England fans to comprehend them after what happened last time out. So, <laughs> without further ado, um, JP, how's Italy looking um, from the bookies' point of view for Euro 2024? Yeah, so Italy, I mean, I think Italy, they're in a bit of a, a deep and dark place, I think, overall. But strange enough with the bookies, they're their seventh favourite. Um, so I'd, I'd say that score's kind of ranked quite high, considering they graped through the group, I would, I would, um, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, I drawed nil nil, yeah, against Ukraine, and it was a beautiful nil nil draw <laughs> to get them to get them through. So, um, yeah, not the most not the most convincing team. But having said that, um, I think earlier in in our podcast, me and John were having we actually we we did sort of debate a little bit around that match, and I said it'd be good to see Italy back in a major competition due to sort of football. The football heritage and them being a big footballing nation. Yeah, and I think I think in contrast, John mentioned he'd rather Ukraine come in due to sort of what's going on in in the world at the moment. Which is fair enough, but um, I think from my point of view, I'm I'm happy they're back in back in the fold for for a major competition. I don't think it, there's the major competition are quite the same without teams like Italy um, mm-hmm. in it. So good from that point of view. Um, how about you, Jeff? Are you happy to see them see them back in the folds? They're the reigning champions, so it's, <laughs> yeah. it's something. The tournament doesn't feel normal with without them. Like you know, Man City not being in the Premier League. I mean, I mean that's another debate about the breaches, alleged breaches, which Lord Panic is hopefully going to remove them from their panic list. Uh, yeah, but it's hard. Yeah, I know Ukraine seemed to and you you probably debated it while I was in Marrakesh uh, on that pod about how they seem to have been robbed Madrid had like a penalty uh, allegation denied mm. which meant Italy sailed through on a nil-nil draw <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah I like them in I would have liked both of them in but uh, we yeah. are we are yeah um, and I guess this time round they're defending it with a new manager so it, it won't be Robert Roberto Mancini they've got a guy called Luciano Spalletti um awfully close to spaghetti but um, <laughs> um but uh, no he he's a, a I'd say quite a big name in Italian football um although within the within 
the UK, we might not sort of know him as much. But uh, he was with Napoli when they won Serie A in the season of 22-23. And that was a, a very sort of good side he sort of built with Napoli, with Oshiman up, up top. And they were sort of quite a fierce side to sort of contend with. Um, I think since then, they've had sort of good runs within the Champions League. Mm-hmm. Um, he's also had sort of stints at Roma and, and Inter. So, you know, he's been around some big clubs within the Italian game. And what I found particularly interesting about sort of him and his style of football is he seems to have adapted to the modern game. So back in 2006, when I, I think he was managing Roma, his mm-hmm. sort of formation of choice was the classic uh, four-two-three-one, which you know you think of Italian sides of the past, and you think very sort of solid, organised. They'll nick a goal and they'll sit back and defend, which I think that formation pretty much does. You know, sort of four at the back, two defensive mids in front of them is very hard to break down. Whereas now, uh, if you think about sort of his Napoli days, he went to a four-three-three. Um, which is much more modern. Um, and I actually got a quote from him in terms of the way that I guess he sort of thinks about the game now. And he sort of mentioned that systems are no longer existing in football. It's all about the spaces left by the opposition. You must be quick to spot them and know the right time to strike and have the courage to start the move even when pressed. Which I guess when you think about the game now, Jeff, that's. You know, you think about the Liverpools, yeah. the Man Cities, all the, you know, it's very much the way Guardiola plays. So very modern. Um, and I guess, it, it's, do you think that's sort of necessary for an Italian team to go from, I guess, the the stereotype of, you know, being very organised to being more um, fluent in play? Trying to think back to the the form, I think yes, uh, yeah, it does make me think. Uh, it, as soon as you said Liverpool, I thought of Jurgen Klopp, which is another big story, but uh, not for this <laughs> one. It made me think of how they act and they pounce, they counter attack like crazy. Amazing um, set piece play. Although, I mean, some, their record, re- as you said, into the qualification wasn't ideal, you know. It was kind of lacklustre, which suggests he hasn't really set a style yet that has been embedded. That doesn't mm. sound like a style, does it, really? I don't know what you think with that. With, with that's just It feels like winging it. <laughs> yeah, I, it, it could well be... A- very much sort of a textbook thing that I think, yeah, you, you are right in terms of the modern game. They say all this stuff, and it's like, oh, yeah, there's no such thing as a position anymore. I think Graham Potter said something similar when he was at Chelsea, um, <laughs> um, where it's like, you know, it's all about the movement and players moving into certain areas of the pitch. There's no such thing as a, a set position. Um, I guess to the the basic fan as as we are that you know that's potentially hard for us to get our heads around potentially but um i, nearly, um, I spat out my match a latte when you said that but <laughs> average fan <laughs> yeah you mentioned just... graham potter i mean that's just <laughs> yeah side note again you think of chelsea's form since removing uh Tuchel and then bringing him yeah i 
I think it's it's the way the, the game's going. I think it it probably does take a bit of time to instill that game unless you you Guardiola and you you get the pick of players that you want to bring in who probably already have, you know play that way. Um, so it's a tough job. Um, I think within his career career he's got a fifty one percent win percentage, fifty percent okay. for Italy, which you know it sounds alright, but considering like you say qualification. You know what teams he actually played against. Not, you know, nothing in a major competition. So I would say that's actually a bit questionable. Fifty percent for Italy. He had sixty-four percent for Napoli, which is which is decent. That's exceptional, yeah. Um, I mean, the one thing I've noticed doing sort of research on on him is, you know, he's praised for instilling instilling a positive team mentality and creating quite a united team. So when you think about that Napoli side that that one Syria, you know, that, you know, I think that's true. He's, you know, very much about that team spirit and, and togetherness. So it, I think in the long run, there's potential hope for, for Italy um, in the terms of the way he plays and, and the success he's had. I think we're still waiting. And I think as we go through in a bit more detail around their qualification and, you know, the way they've gone about it, uh, they're still, they're still looking for that spark. But um you know, maybe that happens in the Euros. That very much happened in Euro twenty twenty, as we as we know. So, um, but so yeah, that's a bit of an overview around around him. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you sort of picked up or sort of like a high level around Italy? High level, you know, the it's a very varied team. There are some good prospects of 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 their youth side, which we'll go into. Obviously, they're the reigning champions, but they don't seem to be coming in with that pre- that pedigree or form. Uh, mm. That you know, we'll obviously talk about their style and everything. Obviously, they they lost three one against England back in October, and it was just this Bellingham, Rashford, Kane slaughterhouse which destroyed their defense, which was uh, from our point of view amazing. Uh, yeah, I mean Bellingham getting a penalty actually, which was an assist for Kane. Example, mm. uh, it just feels like they've almost peaked and they're sort of declining somewhat, and it's it's a strange one. You know, Mancini is a serial winner, so yeah, I'm kind of agnostic. Mm. And from my perspective, JP, I mean, do you do you think they? Actually, let's go with that. Have they got any major prospects that you've kind of eyed up in your in your research? Yeah, and I think we've seen a couple of them within sort of the qualification as well. I think because you know they're they're in our England's group, we sort of yeah. got you know we've seen a little bit more about them than we have other teams. But I think you're right about Italy. It's kind of similar to other teams within this competition. They're very much. I feel like you say there's there's prospects and they're they're transitioning. I think we've said that already with Germany and Spain <laughs> as well. So I think there's a lot of teams that are kind of like that. But um, I mean, yeah, within, I guess, sort of picking out sort of around qualification, you know, they've won four, drawn two, lost two, which again sort of backs up what you're saying around, you know, we haven't seen anything yet in terms of, you know, or anything promising for them. Um, you know, they've, lost twice to England and they drew to Macedonia and, and Ukraine um, and finished second on goal difference. <clears throat> um, 
and sort of within those those games only three clean sheets which when you go back to sort of great italy sides that's not very italian at all <laughs> yeah um, you're where... right they're known for um really big um defensive records Def- while i destroy my web uh, my mic and everything they obviously have had um you know that donnarumma um Chiellini. those kind of really aggressive high profile defensive players yeah and so yeah i think you know i don't think our group was overly difficult um i think ukraine's the only i'd say other big big side within the group um you know they they've struggled against north macedonia um in there and you got obviously got malta um so yeah they've they've not really they've not really beaten ukraine to sort of be comfortable within qualification i don't even think they even really gave england a run for their our money um so they've lost to us twice so they've scraped through i think the one thing i noticed in qualification that kind of stood out is i think they're missing the likes of Cialini and Bonucci. Um, yeah. two very sort of big leaders within the side um, and I think that could be the the big factor within within the Italian side and we'll go through some of the, the selection um, bits in shortly um, Yeah, so on that I side think... note, I, I noticed like Benucci's keen to rejoin the side so it's like another yeah. prospect for them It'll be interesting to see whether he does, I think, you know, they're they really need a leader at the back uh, to sort of solidify them a bit. Um, I think the only caveat to their sort of underwhelming qualification is, you know, they've got a quality manager in charge who, who will, who will try and instill the, you know, the right way of playing. And he's, I think he has got some prospects in there that are capable of doing that. Whether, whether it happens within the next Euros or the competition after, I think will be remain to be seen. But, um, yeah, I think although although sort of sluggish, I think there's a couple of positive sparks sparks within their side. Yeah. Um, yes, yeah, so I guess based on that, should we go through some of the prospects? That let's do it. Yeah. Yeah, let's go through it. Awesome. Um, cool. So I guess um, the if starting from the back. Donnarumma, we all we all know a lot about him, um, especially within the within the penalty shootout. Unfortunately, goodness me, yeah, that guy's twelve foot four. <laughs> yeah, all legs and arms, I think. <laughs> yeah, it's so imposing if you're, you know, just a little winger, five foot seven. You see that in goal, you think, where where's the space? Reminds me yeah. of that. What's that? Um, that Mister Man. Um, and it's like super like long arms and legs. Can't remember, but <laughs> Mister Man, that's, that's a throwback, isn't it? Yeah. Character, yeah. We'll have to find that. Like, uh... yeah, that's anyway, um... that's a big throwback. Yeah. But uh, talking about leaders, I think he has the potential to become a Chiellini or Bonucci character. Yeah. Um, I mean, still twenty-four years old, and you know, had loads of experience already and and with psg um so i think he's almost a a cert within their side the one thing i found 
interesting. And I don't think Belletti's quite set on his team. Based on sort of qualification, in defence, he's had 12 different defenders play. In midfield, he's had 10 different midfielders play. And only five of them have scored goals between them. And he's had 12 different forwards play. So he's very much experimenting with players. And he's not he's not set. But um, in terms of the players I kind of like with Italy, I really like um, Federico Chiesa. And I didn't realise he's only 26 as well. So he's he's at the peak of his powers pretty much. But he's a quality, quality player. Yeah, he's a he's a side note. He's a splitting image of his dad, who you know was in the same setup, you know, twenty something years ago. Yeah, uh, yeah, absolute quality player. But um, I mean, he only played twice in qualification, but got two goals. So I mean, he's always a, a threat for me. I feel like whenever I see him play, he always scores. Hugely creative and a massive threat. Um, I I think he needs to be playing for them if they're going to have any chance at the Euros. Um, you've, got, you've got the likes of Immobile up top, who's 33, who's maybe sort of slightly getting on the older side. Again, only played one appearance and, and one goal. Um, so not played a huge amount of international football of late, but um, you know he's sort of big within the Italian game. Hmm. Um, I think that's, I guess talking about the defence since they've lost... Chiellini and, and Benucci. Um, you've got the likes of uh, Udogi uh, uh, from Spurs in defence, who's only 21 and is up and coming. Um, so that'll be interesting to see whether he gets much game time. What's your sort of thoughts around Udogi? Do you sort of rate him? Because uh, he's at Spurs, isn't he? Um, yeah, rate him. I mean, you'll see that missing, um, was it Van der Ven? Van der Ven. Yeah, I rate him. He's... <laughs> but yeah, in terms of leadership, uh, probably not what I would... I mean, compare that to Harry Maguire, right? But uh, <laughs> in terms of leadership, the, they they probably need to bring back Benucci just for this tournament, I think, to get them through. Almost like a, getting back Jordan Henderson, who's now at Ajax, for one tournament just to always transition them out you need that uh, experience when the cards are down if it goes to a penalty shootout when there's an extra time phase um, um, but yeah I had other players on, on my list uh, to you yeah go for it what, was there anyone else oh yeah so okay I'll go then so we I guess we also we've spoke Donnarumma we spoke uh, Chiesa there's also um, DeMarco mm. So he has. Let me just pull up my stats. Yeah, De- DeMarco's uh, got some good uh, kind of assist stats uh, for Italy uh, this year. Um, just the. Yeah, so obviously we valued at 50 million. Uh, kind of solid left back. Kind of, I'm thinking of Trippier as an equivalent. Um, yeah, that's it. Five assists, three goals in Serie A. Played pretty much all of the games so far this season, including all of the Cups, alongside five in the Champions League. Um, you know, very solid influence. Um, 
So he's one, and then I'm thinking of uh, Barella. So Nicolo Barella, I'm probably butchering these names. So he's with Inter Milan, um, playing central midfield. Also 26, that seems to be their average age for everybody. (laughs) And he's got, um, yeah, that's right, so he's got three assists in seven games. That's solid when you think of the variability up top that they have, as you said, with uh, kind of an ageing immobile. Uh, so you're valued at 75 million. You know, you're talking very dependable and, you know, got Champions League experience, obviously, against the best, uh, including last year in the semi-final. Um, mm. And then there's a, a young star called Giorgio uh, Scalvini. Yep, Scalvini. He's uh, with Atalanta, 20 years old. A kind of equivalent to um, a Robin Lenormand mm. on a, a kind of stature point of view. He's six foot four, twenty years old. Uh, has had seven appearances for Italy, and almost like a fifty percent clean sheet record. So they seem to have a solid back when he's in, good on the headers. In fact, yeah, kind of equivalent to a Kanji as well. Mm. Um, very physical, good headers. Um, in it's superb at the kind of the last ditch sliding tackles. So I'm thinking if he's against again a, a cane, it, it could stop um the rot, so to speak. Uh so yeah, he he's twenty and could be a future influence, you think, like that six foot four presence could could be exceptional. Yeah. But yeah, I mean I don't think they played with injuries like Spain right from what you've seen, they're just sort of lacking leadership. Is is kind of was that your main theme that you come up with from your your background research? Yeah, that's one sort of my big themes. I mean, one thing that is noticeable about them is they're all players that play for you know quality sides. And um, when you sort of go through the list, it's you know PSG, Napoli, Inter, Inter um, Milan, Roma, Juventus. You know they're. You know, they're quality sides all playing in the Champions League. So, yeah, I think, yeah, I mean, the only player they're definitely going to be missing out on, I think, is Sanjo Tonali due to the ban. Um, he would have been an, another good player for their sort of midfield. And, you know, they, they generally have, you know, quite a solid midfield as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it feels like they have the ingredients within the squad that... Kind of like when you look back to that qualification, it's just very uh, underwhelming. I think in terms of what they achieved, um, I do. I do think um, when you sort of mentioned Demarco, I think that's a he could be a key player. I think when we look back at Euro twenty twenty and where they were getting a lot of success, it was when um, they had that fullback Spinazzola, and he was one of the sort of the players of the tournament. Um, although, and then he got that sort of horrible injury. So I feel like if DeMarco could replicate something like that and and replicate that sort of attack and threat, they could do something. Um, but yeah, I think that lack of leadership's a really, really key part within major tournaments. Yeah, another thing that came up to me that since we're talking about, I guess, key themes was um, we'll getting technical now with something called the growth decree, which was a kind of government policy from 2019 which enabled 
Serie A clubs to save 50% in tax when it came to signing and paying players, which obviously would be more attractive in terms of the signing fee um, for for foreign players and even foreign managers like a like a Deserbi, for example. So what's happened is they've had three prime ministers in the case in the course of two to three years, I think, which has meant that policy's been scrapped, which means it's now more expensive to sign players to Syria and get the high quality managers into Syria. Mm. Which suggests that would impact the national team because the majority of the main players are with Juventus, with Inter Milan, with Atalanta, uh, and and therefore the quality of who's attracted to that league reduces. Yeah, and I think I find, I mean I find Italy um, quite a bizarre one because I feel like in terms of like club football feel like their league has struggled for a while in terms of uh I guess that quality players. When you think back to sort of when we're growing up and you got, you know, Francesco Totti's, Nestor's, yep. Maldini's, you know, they they had Ronaldinho in the league at one point. Yeah. <laughs> and and Ronaldo. Brazilian Ronaldo. And I don't think in recent times they've quite had that pull. Um but then they've won the Euros twenty twenty. And it's like, well, how have they done that when, you know, in terms of club level? I mean, I know AC Milan, or was it, no, the Milan side actually got to the final of the yeah, Champions with the, League last year. With the year. Milan semi-final, didn't we, last year in the UCL? Yeah, and, you know, Man City walk over Milan. <laughs> and it's just like, well, how how have they won Euro 2020? <laughs> it's just... it's a bit bizarre from that point of view because I don't think they do quite have that you know they're they're pulling in a Le- Romelu Lukaku who either turns up or, or he doesn't and majority of the time he doesn't yeah in terms very of variable and it's just like well yeah it's, it's something I think it's just bizarre I mean I <laughs> what's your thoughts Jim <laughs> well I mean, like you said yeah so they, they obviously did attract to Jose Mourinho's but you got the sack from having a, a quite a mediocre Roma side um you're right, the the high profile signings are not as prominent now as they used to be as you've seen from still the attraction of, of the Spanish League, of the German League, of the Saudi League to an extent. Well you're right. Now. You're right. I mean, you look at who's going to Saudi, you you'd argue they're bigger players than what's going to Italy. I mean, you've got Karim Benzema, Sadio Mane, mm-hmm. Neymar, Ronaldo, all gone to um Saudi and not not Italy. I guess the the one player that was um, in Italy that was you know a big sort of, I guess personality and player was was Ibra, but he's obviously you know retired <laughs> um, and you know he's you know ancient now. But um, yeah, there's there's not. I wouldn't say. I mean, they've obviously got world class players there, but I wouldn't say you've got you know top end players in that league. Agree. I mean, on on that same side note and token, do you what what do you perceive to be their main weakness in terms of the side? Not necessarily leadership. I mean, what area of the pitch are they vulnerable? Um, I do. Although they've got sort of prospects, I do think defensively they're they're defensively weak. I think yep. 
uh, you doggy. I do. I think he's going to be a, a great defender, and he's you know got a lot of potential. Um, I think that's that sort of organisation, and probably they've probably got a bit of naivety within the within that defence. Um, and I think, uh, yeah, their sort of lack of organisation will will be their downfall. Um, I think. Yeah, like you say, they're sort of midfield with lots of Barella has the capability of finding that pass for a Chiesa or a Mobile. Um, but yeah, I think defensively, they're just not going to be as solid. It's a good point. I mean, funny enough, they're quite, they do score quite a lot of good goals when they're, but it's not against the best opposition, as we said, like North Macedonia, Malta. Yeah, you do think against a Croatia or a Spain. Who are going to be more solid? I, I feel like they're going to struggle. If you, you know, I mean, you think about that last qualification game they played against Ukraine, um, which you know, you'd expect that to be an absolute humdinger because they were both going for qualification, and they haven't scored against the Ukraine side. Um, how are they going to score and create chances against Croatia and Spain? Exactly. Yeah, both with. Um... As we said, subject to injuries, powerhouse leaders in the teams, as we'll, as we'll go on to, um, like Modric or, or Rodri at Spain. Um, in fact, yeah, in fact, Italy lost 5-2 against Germany midway through 2022, who are not really a firing on all cylinders side. You know, concede mm-hmm. against Kimmich, Gundo, Thomas Muller, Timo Werner. Obviously, these are not known. Muller's obviously amazing, but probably past his prime. Uh, and yeah, just just to think, they defensively, yeah, you're right. Seems to be the weakness since the two major um, Iesa and uh, Benucci, not Chiesa, Benucci uh, in particular, uh, who yeah, as I said, probably should come back. Um, yeah. Right. So, um, in in terms of um, predictions, what do you think they might do? So I'm gonna. <laughs> Might be a bit of a, a, a shock, um, but I'm actually going to predict they're going to finish last. I think Goodness. they'll finish fourth in, fourth in the group. Um, Shut the front door. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not going to agree with the bookies and say they're seventh favourites. I, I think they'll struggle to qualify. Um, I think, you know, like we were saying, Spain and Croatia, big powerhouses in terms of the international game at the moment. And you know what? I fancy Albania will maybe pick up a a sneaky point or something against them. So, yeah, I think I'm going to predict they're going to finish fourth. How about yourself, Jeff? Wow. So, so that would be the shock, you know, and the big headline on the sun. <laughs> Reigning champions eliminated in round one in group stage. Uh, I think third. Yeah, they'll they'll be. I think they'll be above Albania. But yeah, I mean. I think I sent to you before this. Croatia is such a good tournament side. They just seem to grind out these results with their leaders, uh, who, who are, again are absolutely phenomenal. Uh, as we mentioned, Spain have uh, you know hit and miss, right? But incredible pedigree, very much a top five side out there, and will continue and in transition, but will continue to get better. You know, Albania is not a bad side, so. I, I I kind of agreed with you. There could be an upset, but I think they probably have enough to bypass them. 
it's just going to be that leaky defence. So it's really questionable where they end up. You know, they might just scrape into the the round of sixteen, but um, certainly vulnerable beyond that. But yeah, in my opinion, third, and you know, questionable whether they they reach forward just because of the quality of that group that they're in. Do you think they could be England though? <laughs> Um, no, <laughs> I'm gonna I'm gonna be confident. Say no. We've done them twice in qualification. I think yep. we'll do them again in in the competition if we get drawn to them in say in the knockout stages. Um, yeah, I think we have too much for them. So you know, I, I rewatched the October one um, briefly, and it was just incredible pace from Rashford, Bellingham, and Kane. An incredible football. So. Um, yeah, a lot of work to do for Spalletti. Making sure I don't make the mistake of calling him spaghetti. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah, um, myself and JP think uh, they'll either be knocked out right in the group stage or, or may just scrape in, but I, you know, third or fourth. Uh, we'll get John's prediction in due course. Um, yeah, so just in general on the pod, um, we're going to be revamping it slightly. Um, we'll be most likely covering more England-based stuff. Um, so expect to see uh, a slightly shiny new name and brand very shortly. Um, but we're definitely going to be continuing with the Euros countdown, especially given it's, it's such a big tournament and with so much eagle eyes on uh, England in particular. So we'll, we'll be covering that shortly. Um, but for now, uh, JP, good to see you, mate. Thanks for your time. Good to see you too. Thanks as always. Oh, all right. Thanks. Uh, look forward to seeing you soon on the Two Cents Footy podcast, but soon to be renamed. Watch this space. <laughs> <laughs>